Welcome to Mythology Breakdown, the podcast where we discuss history as told through myths, legends, and folklore. My name is Tony. And I'm Cece. And we are your hosts. Real quick, before we get started, I just want to have a quick trigger warning. Um, we will be talking about adult subjects today. Nothing too graphic today from what I'm looking at, but just a blanket warning that if you do have kids around, things might get a little bit ugly. I also want to do a trigger warning for the fact that I have a tick disorder, so if you are sensitive to people who tick, I probably will tick during this podcast, and I want to make sure that you guys aren't uncomfortable. Um, that's all. That's all that I can think of for trigger warnings today. Tony, you got anything? No, that sounds about right. Alrighty. So today we're talking about Roman creation. And, you know, the actual creation myth that the Romans use is very similar to the Greeks. So we kind of took it a different direction and talked about how the Greeks and the Romans were connected and the mythology behind how Rome came to be. After the break, we're going to be having a short discussion on how Greek names were changed into Roman myths. <laughs> I can't talk today. Keep going. Um, so after the break, we're going to be talking about how Greek names were converted into Roman names in the mythology, because there's a lot of connection, and also how the creation of Rome is portrayed today in the media. Like every, like every week, I like to start off with a couple of fun facts that don't really fit anywhere specific in the episode. Fun fact number one for today is that almost all of Roman history is based in mythology. Like, they don't have a lot of actual historical things. Everything is considered to be a myth, which makes, like, Roman history very interesting and something that... Honestly, I'm really excited to study, like, later on as we go through this podcast. Like, did you know that, like, all of Roman history was based on mythology? I know that they were almost indistinguishable, but other than that, no. Yeah, no, I was reading that a lot of Roman history, like, is just plucked right out of mythology in general. Like, there's not really a line between history and mythology. Huh. Yeah. Um, fun fact number two is the Romans had an author named Virgil, who we will be talking about later. No, is it Virgil? Yeah, Virgil. Whoops. Um, who wrote a story called the Aeneid, and the Aeneid is very similar to the Greek story of the Iliad and the Odyssey, and there even is name connections through the two. But did you know that the Aeneid came after the Odyssey and Iliad? Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is just one of the names, I guess. Okay. Starting, I'm going to start that over. Um, fun fact number three is that in Greek, he's Heracles. In Rome, he's Hercules. And he is one of the only like, major mythological names that we use the Roman name for more than the Greek. I feel like, in my opinion, hmm. like, I thought that Hercules was genuinely the Greek name. I had no idea until recently that it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, same. Yeah. It was whack. Huh. And honestly, those are really all my fun facts for the day. I mean, I probably could have fit them into the other sections today. I just... There was not a lot of information 
on this subject, at least from my research from it. Yeah, no, uh, a lot of Roman values and cultures, because they were so heavily Greek, uh, there's not really a lot to research, but... Yeah, but I mean, I feel like the Romans did a really good job of adapting the Greek mythology into the point where it is indistinguishable, but also very distinguishable, which I know, like, totally contradicts itself. But, I mean, I'm sure, Tony, you can explain why that is, because, I mean, it can be kind of confusing. Yeah, so, uh, some studies, or some research that I did, um, through, uh, to find the creationism and kind of figure out exactly what was going on, um, my good friend Thomas, hello Thomas, uh, had stated that, uh, the Greeks were stealing everything, or the Romans were stealing everything from the Greeks, which, when I read this, I was like, ooh, it's gonna be hilarious when he hears this. <laughs> uh, so what I found was, uh, when Rome was actually founded in, uh, 8th century BCE, uh, many of the Greek city-states were already well-established. Uh, Greece had already founded colonies on the Italian peninsula and in Sicily. Uh, it was only until centuries later, uh, after the Four Macedonian Wars, uh, that these colonies would become a part of the early Roman Republic. So, what? Centuries after, like, a few centuries later, after the Four Macedonian Wars, that the colonies, the Greek colonies in Italy and Sicily, uh, would become a part of the early Roman Republic. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry, I've never heard of the Macedonian Wars. You're good. Um, <laughs> I didn't either until after I started researching this. Um, Greek mythology had a big part to play and had a long-lasting effect on Rome and its people. Uh, Rome was basically able to adopt everything that defined Greece's art, philosophy, <laughs> literature, and drama, uh, but they actually had to adapt the mythology to be a little bit more suitable for them. Um, <clears throat> influence of the the Greek myths, wow, I can't speak today either, holy crap, uh, <laughs> were seen everywhere in Rome, in the architecture, subject matter, uh, and mm -hmm. in their sculptures, temples, and mosaics, which I thought was the, the coolest aspect. Because mm -hmm. you see a lot of pictures of Zeus and all that kind of stuff and it's you can't really distinguish if it's Zeus or Jupiter Jupiter yeah um this adoption of wow my brain the adoption of all that was Greek can be seen in the city's relationship to the Trojan War uh, a war that basically led to the most basic of Roman mythology uh, the birth of Romulus and Remus, and the founding of a city, which we'll get into Romulus and Remus a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, much of Greek mythology was shown through their poetry and drama, and the Roman myths were written in prose, providing a sense of history and a foundation of all that was Roman, uh, their rituals, and their institutions. In Roman mythology, the difference between history and myth, like I said earlier, was almost indistinguishable, and that Rome was a city of destiny and the myths told that story. Yeah, I'm just basically expanding on what I said earlier. Yeah. Like, 100%. It's very much so fascinating mm -hmm. how much the history and the mythology are similar and stuff. Yeah. No, that definitely, uh, definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. 
Um, earlier Tony mentioned the Romulus and Remus story and the creation of Rome, and that's kind of what I did my research on today. Um, that's how I understood the assignment was the creation of Rome, because the mythology story of the creation of the universe is indistinguishable from the Greeks, as seems to be the phrase of the day. Yeah. (laughs) I guess Thomas was right. (laughs) anyways uh i did do a little bit of research on this as well um me and cc are going to kind of tag team this a little bit and hopefully it turns out okay hopefully (laughs) we're gonna try not to talk over each other Uh, it didn't work well last week so let's see what we can do this week so you start us off with uh the romulus and uh rome story thing. Wait, are we doing the Aeneid first? Because the Aeneid comes before Romulus and Remus. Right. Okay. Yep. Tony's a dingleberry. So, I mean, Romulus and Remus is technically the creation of Rome, but it all started long before them with Aeneas. Yes. Who is the subject of the book that I mentioned during the fun fact segment called The Aeneid, which was written by the poet Virgil. And the Aeneid tells the story of Aeneas, a man who escaped Troy after the Trojan War and escaped to a little island in Italy. You yeah. look like you had more information to add there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I so, saw your eyes get wide. So uh, our hero, Aeneas, uh, with the assistance of his mother, actually the goddess Venus... Boop, boop, boop. Nice. Uh, his mother was the goddess Venus, and his uh, father was a mortal named An- Anchises. So, yeah, so he had a little bit of assistance, you know, with a goddess. So that that's basically where it begins from right there. I mean, yeah, that makes total sense. I just, I must have forgotten to write that note down. You're good. That's why I have, you know, 781 words written down. <laughs> Um, so, so did you have more information on the actual war in Troy and his participation in that? I know that the Aeneid spends a lot more time on, like, the Trojan horse than they did in the Odyssey. Yeah, so, uh, so, I can't think today. Aeneas escaped Troy, like you said, uh, but he escaped Troy with his father and a few of his fellow soldiers. Okay. So, he did get a little bit of help from his mother, who was the goddess Venus, uh, but he was participating in that war as well. Yeah, yeah, um, I knew that. And then, basically, they escaped before the city completely fell to the Greeks. Uh, the story is in direct connection uh, to the Trojan War and gave the Romans a link to mm-hmm. the ancient Trojan culture. Okay, yeah, 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 no, that that all makes sense. That's what you get when you write notes like mine. And also, I'm only at the beginning of the Iliad. I haven't read Odyssey. Yes. Or the Aeneid yet, so yeah. I don't know all the information quite yet. Yeah, Just we're, what I've read. Yeah, well, like we said in the last episode, we're... Uh, we're, we're learning we're, along with you guys. We're basically winging it, so... <laughs> um, okay, so he... Escapes Troy with his father and a few of his city folk. Is that right? Like war, war partners. Buddies. Yeah. 
his fellow soldiers. I have it written right here that Aeneas is the son of Venus. Good job. Ah. Yeah, up top. Let's mm. go. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, their destination is Italy. And when they get to Italy, they speak to a prophet or a prophetess that basically tells them that Aeneas is going to be a... He was going to found a great city. And that, you know, it excites him. It would excite me to be like, hey, you're going to be the leader of a brand new city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd, I would crap myself right then, right there. Yeah. Um, we all know that's not quite how it ends up, but he starts on this long journey to go find the city. Um, and he eventually makes his way to Africa. Yes. So they landed at the uh, an African city called Carthage, uh, where Aeneas actually meets uh, a queen named Ditto, or Dido. Uh, he falls in love and forgets his true purpose, and then the god Mercury intervenes and reminds Aeneas of his destiny, um, causing him and his men to leave Africa and sail away. Then Queen Dido, being all heartbroken and stuff because the love of her life is going away, ends up committing suicide. Which is fun. Yeah. Uh, but basically she uh, commits suicide and throw by she... Okay, so get this. She commits suicide by throwing herself onto a burning pyre. That's like... A really painful way to go. I mean, yeah. can't you at least pull, uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? The Greek guy who stabbed his eyes out. Oedipus? Oedipus, yep. I mean, I feel like that even would have been less painful than throwing yourself on a fire, but. That'll be in a special episode because that's all about <laughs> incest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, he escapes Africa and he basically got on the wrong side of Juno. And Juno starts fighting back with, like, all of her might. She, like, they end up fighting multiple wars. Do you have more written down about this? I didn't write down a ton about the wars. Yes. Okay. Uh, So, first off, let's backtrack a little bit. Oh, my gosh. See, he writes so many more detailed notes than me. (laughs) So, uh... He, after the suicide, uh, Aeneas lands at Cumae and consults Sybil, who's an oracle, who leads him into Hades, where he not only encounters his fallen enemies and his wife, Queen Dido, but also meets his recently deceased father, who tells him of the great city his descendants would establish. There we go. Yes. Okay, so there was, I just skipped a step. Yeah, there's only a, a minor, uh skip right there. Uh, but you were right. Uh, the Trojans enter multiple wars because of Juno. Uh, they actually entered a war with King Turnus of the Rutuli. Ratatouille? No. <laughs> I mean, Rome did have a big issue with rats at one point in time. Never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Venus appealed to Vulcan, uh, which is the Roman version of the Greek Hephaestus, uh, to make Aeneas new armor and weapons as he did with Achilles. Uh, Turnus finally defeated, or Turnus was finally defeated and killed in a duel, 
and a peace is was ultimately reached with Aeneas marrying the king's daughter. Yeet. Yeah. Uh, supposedly Jupiter had convinced Juno to end her war with Aeneas. Which, it's all well and good because generations later we get Romulus and Remus. Yes. Twin sons of the queen of the time, Rhea. And Rhea did not just have these twins regularly. Unfortunately, she was raped by the god Mars. And that's the father of her twin sons. And... And? You do not have this written down. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I lost track. I was making sure the cat wasn't making too much noise. Now, before these twins were born, it's really important to note that Rhea was not considered royalty anymore. Her late husband's brother, right? Basically. Yeah. Basically, the late husband's brother forced her to become part of a group called the Vestal Virgins, which, as you can imagine, committed themselves to their virginity for life, therefore ensuring that she had no heirs to take over his throne. Well, while she was part of this thing, she caught the eye of Mars and thus had the twins, and when the king found out about these twins, he ordered that they be drowned. And so Rhea put her children in the river. You'd think that that would be the end of it. Bing, bang, boop. No more issues. The king is happy. But that's not how it ends up with these things, and you know it. Yeah. Um, They were rescued by the she-wolf Lupa, who raised them and trained them to be fabulous warriors. And they went on to fight lots of battles and win lots of rewards, and eventually... They overthrew their uncle, the king. And after they overthrew him, they were like, well, crap. We have a whole, uh, a whole city to run. <laughs> um, and they were like, oh, crap. We have a whole city to run and we need to rename it. And there's two different accounts that I read about how they went through the renaming of the city. One of them is... That they fought each other and Romulus killed Remus in order for the naming rights of what would become Rome. And in the other one, the gods picked who was going to be the winner and they picked Romulus. And so Remus was killed. Which, I don't understand why he had to be killed. I feel like that doesn't make any sense at all. But I guess that's just how they did things back then. Mercy of the gods, apparently. I don't know. But I think it's dumb that he had to die. Just let Remus live his best life, guys. Yeah. But whatever. Either way, that's how we ended up with the name Rome. It all started at the same time as the Iliad did. And I think that that's pretty cool that they did manage to tie it into a large chunk of Greek, like, history and mythology. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the fact that, I mean, how did Rome actually come to be? Were Romulus and Remus actual people? Are there actual records of them? You know, like, that, I feel like, is probably a great mystery that I'm really, really excited to learn more about. Yeah. Really, really excited to learn more about. I know that you're most excited for the Egyptian myths. Yes. But I'm really excited from a scholar's point of view to compare the Greek and the Roman. Like, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Well, what do you say we take a quick break, get some water, and stretch our legs, and come back and talk about how the Romans took more Greeks by using their gods and changing their names? That sounds fine with me. All righty. See y'all in a minute. Welcome back to Mythology Breakdown. We are now going to talk about some of the important gods and how their names changed from the Greek to the Roman myths. Because, I mean, a lot of the stories are the sim- are, are the similar? Really? Are the similar. Are the similar. <laughs> um, are similar, and so we want to be able to look at the names and see how the comparison happens. We're going to kind of bounce back and forth. We're going to talk about the Greek name, the Roman name, and what they are the god of. Yeah, their functions and attributes. All right, Tony, you want to go first? Yes, ma'am. So, the first one is the Greek god Zeus. He, in the Roman eyes, was renamed Jupiter. Uh, he is the king of the gods and the god of the sky, lightning, thunder, law, order, and justice. Hera, whom we talked about earlier, she was transformed into Juno, and they kind of played the same role. Hera, or Juno was the queen of the gods and the god of women and, or goddess of women and marriage. Uh, Poseidon, which was renamed Neptune, is of course still about the same. Uh, god of the sea, water, storms, earthquakes, and horses. I love that. You know, it's all these water-related things, and then at the end, it's just like horses like i just can't help but picture poseidon as a horse girl <laughs> a horse oh my god <laughs> can you see it i mean he did create the seahorse so it does make sense i'm just saying it's really funny <laughs> um and then next up we have hermes who in rome goes by the name of mercury and he is the messenger of the gods he is also the god of travel travel Commerce, communication, and diplomacy. That's weird. You would think that Zeus or Jupiter would be diplomatic. I know. These gods, they all have, like, weird, unconnected things. Like, it's... Whatever. it's funky. (laughs) Uh, Next is Aphrodite, uh, renamed Venus. She is the goddess of love, pleasure, passion, fertility, and beauty. Ooh la la. Ooh. Um, and then you have Athena, and what I find interesting about Athena is she is one of the gods who I feel changes the most between Greek and Romans, um, because in, you know, she's the goddess of wisdom, reason, literature, and strategic warfare, but in the Roman mythology, there's kind of two gods that kind of take over Athena's attributes. Goddesses. Goddesses. Whatever. <laughs> um, and they are Minerva and Bellana. And Minerva is the one that's directly, you know, said to be the op- or the Athena transfer. And she is the goddess of, like, childcare and family and those kind of values. And then the war goddess Bellana is 
who took on some of Athena's war attributes and her strategy and stuff like that. Hmm. And a lot of people only think of Minerva, but I think that Bellana has a bigger connection to what we think of Athena as. So I find it interesting that we don't refer to her as the direct opposite. I wonder if there's a reason for that that we'll probably learn at some point and look really dumb when we look back on me saying this. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> this is episode one of Roman mythology. Roman mythology. Though, so. uh, next, to no surprise, is Apollo. And boop, boop, boop. he doesn't change at all. Literally, the Romans still called him Apollo. Uh, he was still the god of light, uh, of the sun, philosophy, arts, and medicine. I think he's the only one that doesn't get a new name. Yeah. He is, Why is literally... Apollo so special? I don't know. <laughs> um, also talked, also one of the gods we talked about earlier is Ares, who became the war god Mars. And he is the god of war, violence, bloodshed, and masculinity, which, Jesus Christ, that sounds super scary. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's a scary dude. I think I think we discussed last week that Ares is always wearing his battle armor. Did we discuss that? I don't know. No, we did. didn't get into the gods last week. Because nope, that's for next week's episode. That must be something that I... Oh, it's something in my notes for TikTok. Nope, I'm getting my platforms mixed up. Oh my goodness. But he's always, <laughs> always portrayed in armor in both both civilizations. Hmm. Yeah. How can he get it on if he's wearing armor? I don't know. It has to weigh like an extra 50 pounds. I don't even know. Weird. I don't even know. Uh, the next god, or goddess actually, is Artemis. Uh, renamed Diana. What a weird name. Uh, goddess of hunting, the wilderness, virginity, and childbirth. You know what that makes me think of? What? And it, I totally got the connection after we started talking about this. What? So, a few years ago, I did this musical called The Addams Family, and there's a line in there where, I think it was Lucas, who is dating Wednesday... Yeah. It was like, she looked like Diana the Huntress, and it totally, I did not make that connection until tonight when we were talking about this. Weird. All right. Yeah. So Adam's family <laughs> takes after Roman values heard. Apparently, yeah. I mean, I guess Artemis the Huntress is a little bit harder to say in time of a song, but... Yeah. I mean, it's got the same vowels. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. All right. Yeah. Next. Um, next. <laughs> We have the goddess Demeter, who became the goddess Cyrus. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Okay, it's spelled like Cyrus, like Miley Cyrus, and yeah, that threw me off. Um, but she is the goddess of the harvest, agriculture, and nature. So she's like hippie galore, Could and I want to meet her. Do you imagine if like Demeter or Cyrus were like alive for Woodstock? <laughs> they, yeah. I mean, if the gods are still around today, they probably, or she probably was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> getting getting all weird and stuff with illicit drugs back then. <laughs> I, I could imagine that, though. They're oh, all yeah, rebellious sure. at a point. Uh, next is Dionysus, or nicknamed the Dion? Roman, was Bacchus. What are you singing? It's a TikTok song. Oh, no. <laughs> By the way, there's going to be a shameless plug at the end of this episode, so just letting everybody know. Oh, yeah, we're... <laughs> I don't think you should call it a shameless plug. 
plug. <laughs> I love that term. Whoops. So, uh, who was Bacchus, Tony? Bacchus was renamed from Dionysus. He is the god of wine, the grapevine, festivity, and resurrection. I love that he is specifically the god of the grapevine. Yeah. I love that. It, it's, a, it's a little creepy. Uh, well, with the resurrection as well. Ooh. Like... Why is Dionysus so special to where I don't know. he's it's... the only god of resurrection when there's Zeus? I don't know. Next we have Hephaestus, who was mentioned in my story earlier, too. He became Vulcan. And he is the god of fire, the forge, craftsmanship, and volcanoes. He's basically like the fire dude. Mm-hmm. Is he deformed in Roman mythology, too? Do you know? I don't know. I guess you'll have Greek... to uh, follow us. I guess well, you'll have to find out with us. Or just look it up. <laughs> oh, but yeah. in Greek mythology, he is deformed because mm-hmm. Hera threw him off of Mount Olympus. So I wonder if he's also deformed in this or if that attribute was taken away because they did change some attributes like that. Yeah, should have looked sure. that up. Yes. Yeah. Well, hindsight 2020. Uh, I can't say that anymore. Uh, next is Hestia. Uh, she was actually renamed Vesta as the Vesta Virgins. Uh, she was goddess of the hearth, home, and family, which is kind of weird because in the story that we read earlier, the Vesta uh, Virgins were dedicating their lives to Vesta, except she's the goddess of family. I know. I find that so funny. Uh, mythology. Why must you be like this? Yeah. You can't see me right now, but I have my face in my hands. I think they could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then those are so those are the main, mm-hmm. you know, the main gods. Um, but then we also have Kronos and Hades, and Hades becomes Pluto, and they have kind of similar. Similar jobs. He's the god of the underworld, gems and riches, and the god of the dead. So, I mean, he's pretty spooky no matter what. What I find most interesting is Kronos. So, there is actually a direct tie to the Greek story in the origins of Kronos. So, it is said that Kronos, after he was defeated by the Olympians, traveled to Rome and took on the name Saturn, and he ruled the people of gold of the time. And, I mean, he had altars for him all over Rome. And that is so interesting to me because, you know, in Greek mythology, it was basically like, he was evil, they killed him, end of story. Like, he's, you know, in Tartarus forever. But, I mean, that's not the case in the Roman mythology, and I just, I had to include him, mm-hmm. because I think that is so cool. Yeah, that's actually really weird. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, I think our last topic of the day is the in the media segment, right? Yeah. There was not a lot of media for this. <laughs> I no. tried looking everywhere, and if I'm missing a media, please, please email me. Because I would love to find more things on this. We focus specifically on Romulus and Remus. And I could only find two movies that were about them. And neither of them were American movies. There was Romulo e Remo, which was released in 1961. And then there was The First King, Birth of an Empire in 2019. 
And that's it. I could not find anything else. So I decided to take a couple of the names and connect them to things that I do know. So like, um, I mean, we all know Harry Potter. And I don't know about you, but my favorite character in Harry Potter is the character of Remus Lupin, who gets his name from Remus and then Lupa, which is funny because he's a werewolf. Yes. So he's literally like... Son of Wolf, Wolf, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I I mean, that was, you know, that's a major connection in the media. And then you also have, in Percy Jackson, the second set of series called The Heroes of Olympus. They do deal directly with the wolf goddess Lupa in multiple books. And she plays a pretty important role in that, in which the Roman... So all of the Roman demigods of their camp in modern times, when they are children, they get left with Lupa and her wolves. And if they have to learn to fight and survive, or the wolves will just kill them. And that's how they become Roman soldiers, which Hmm. is interesting. I wonder, you know, I feel like that's directly taken from this story of Romulus and Remus, how they were raised by the wolves. And I find it interesting that Rick Ward and... I mean, basically said that in his story, too, and that's how all Romans are. I find that very fascinating, and I wonder if it becomes a recurring theme in mythology. We have so many, I have so many questions. I'm so excited to learn all about this. So, kind of backtracking a little bit, unfortunately, because I found, while researching Rome mythology portrayed in you know, today's media, pop culture, that kind of stuff. Uh, I came across a website called ancienthistorylists.com that actually went a little bit more depth with how everything was set up. And I think it's actually pretty cool, like a bunch of different myths and um, talking about the River Styx and Hercules and all that kind of stuff. Um I know, I'm really excited to get into the specific stories. I've already started writing down topics that I want to discuss. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to do a cursed creation myth stories. I'm so excited for that one. Yeah. Like, the story of Medusa is my favorite mythological story. Oh, yeah. Boop. And this is actually quite cool. All right. Yeah, no. (laughs) Tell me you're getting sidetracked by research while we're doing this podcast. Tell me, close your laptop. I can't. (laughs) We're recording on it. I know. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that's all I got for information today. Do you have any last minute things you wanted to add? Questions, comments, concerns? Uh, Not really, to be completely honest with you. All Uh, right. Because mostly everything from Greek culture was tied in with Roman, there's unfortunately not a lot to talk about with the creation, but at least, you know, we have stuff to talk about for the future. Yes, I'm very excited to start looking into all of this stuff. Um, All right, well, this has been episode two of Mythology Breakdown. We've we've talked about Roman creation today. Real quick, before we close out, we just want to shameless plug where you can find us off of this app and actually communicate with us. You can find us at on Facebook at Mythology Breakdown Podcast. Um, there are some questions that you have to answer, but 
it's going to be a fun group. We're going to have discussion posts for episodes and... Hopefully, in the future, we're going to be able to live stream the recording of episodes on there, and you can get more of an in-depth look at things, which I'm really excited about. That's so we have really a goal cool. number that will be released soon, and once we hit that goal number, we will start live recording. Um, Tony, what's our email? Our email to get a hold of us directly is going to be called Mythology Breakdown Pod at gmail.com yep. and that's m-y-t-h actually you know what it's on the it's, it's the what you're listening to now and then it's pod <laughs> at the end so you guys know how to do that yes please use that to leave us you know questions suggestions comments corrections like please and i mean we we are gonna try and respond to every single email on the air if we can we'll do that at the beginning of every episode so start sending in those questions and stuff so we can start answering them yes that would actually be very wonderful and finally i want to shameless plug my personal i'm right now and tony will eventually be joining me i have a youtube which is mythology breakdown where we i release more greek-centered episodes um right now about once every week and I also have a personal Spotify that I do mini-sodes of Mythology Breakdown where we talk specifically about the Percy Jackson books. And you can find that at CC Phelan on TikTok. And we do have a podcast TikTok called Mythology underscore Breakdown underscore Pod where we post sneak peeks and snippets of us and our journey of making this podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, I realize that was a lot of information, so rewind take your time go back if you need to but please do everything you can to get in touch with us and support us i mean we've already gotten so much positive feedback from this i am so excited and grateful for what i have heard and i mean please just keep keep talking to us about it and keep recommending it to your friends we want to know what we can do best for you guys to make this as enjoyable as it is for us, for you guys as of well. Of course. And coming soon. Tony, what do we have coming up soon? So soon TM, because that's my boss's lingo. Uh, we have no idea when this is going to come out. But we are planning on starting a Patreon. Every little bit, of course. Uh, we're not too sure on exactly what we're going to be interpreting to you guys uh what is all going to be available in the future uh but we just have three basic patreons that we are thinking about and what we need from you guys is what you want us to put on patreon what kind of content do you guys want to see that's extra i mean what do you want to know about us i mean we've never set up a patreon before so we are learning right along you guys on what you guys are gonna want and need and I mean yeah that is going to be the end of this week's episode of mythology breakdown it has been so much fun doing this I like literally all week I just can't wait for it to be Sunday so that we can record yeah I'm like saying. I'm already so like just I'm just waiting for Sunday all week. I had my notes ready by Monday afternoon. 
See, <laughs> Sunday is the only day that Cece and I have off together. And she's more excited about doing this than seeing me, if that's ah, anything. That is not true, and you know it. Okay, right. maybe it's a little bit true. Uh, just a little bit true. <laughs> uh, but that is the end, unfortunately. But we will see you guys next week. When we talk about the Norse creation myths. Yes, ma'am. I'm so excited. I, I just started watching some Norse mythology videos and starting to get some base knowledge and oh my goodness guys the norse gods are crazy yeah there's a lot of uh funky aspects of norse mythology so we're gonna get into that a little bit next week but that might be for uh, a later episode all the craziness so to end us off i've been Cece, and i've been tony have a good night